It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Friday morning and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Friday edition of The Grind. As as we have a ton to talk about today, want to dig right in. First, want to congratulate the Rebels on their regional championship. Uh, the, the Rebels took down Oak Ridge last night. Hopefully here shortly we'll hear from Freddie Baseball, Fred Stroll and uh, get a little bit of a uh, report out from him. I was there, got to see the game, but also uh, he was there covering it for the the Oak Ridger and the Clinton Courier. So hopefully hear from Fred later this morning. But last night when we got home, Tennessee had Missouri in the first round of the Ladies Women's Basketball SEC Championship or tournament. Lady Vols beat Missouri last night 64-51 to to advance to the third round as the Lady Vols were the sixth seed and had a first-round bye. The number six-seeded Tennessee overcame a 13-point second-quarter deficit and ended up winning by 13. Uh, A sleepwalking first half allowed the 11th-seeded Missouri to take a first-half lead to the locker room there in Greenville, South Carolina. The Lady Vols advance uh, nonetheless to play the number three-seeded Wildcats uh, Kentucky Wildcats 21 and 7 on the regular season at 8:15 on Friday in the SEC third round. UT, which won its fourth straight game, put three players in double figures. Sophomore Ray Burrell led the team with 16 points. Juniors Renaya Davis and Kush Kitawa uh, finished with 15 and 13 respectively. Missouri was led by Aaliyah Blackwell with 13 and Hannah Schutz. With 11, the Tigers got off to a hot start and Tennessee was a little cold out of the gate, uh, combining for nine minutes for the, or nine points for the Tigers in the first uh, nine minutes and then seven point lead uh, at the four minute mark to go in the first quarter. Renai Davis knocked down a long range jumper to end the Missouri run and pull it to the score of nine to four at the media timeout. Following the timeout, Blackwell converted on a three, but Kush Kittawa got the putback on the other end, and freshman Jordan Horston followed it up with a driving layup on the next possession to move the score to 12-8 to with just under two minutes remaining in the quarter. The Tigers answered with a 5-0 run before redshirt junior Jaden McCoy hit a pair of free throws to send UT into the second quarter, trailing 17-10. to Missouri would hit first in the second quarter, but Kushkitawa rallied Tennessee, scoring five straight points to pull the Big Orange within four with just a minute with just a minute and 15 off that second quarter clock. The Tigers bounced back with a 9-0 run to lead by 13 at the five-minute mark remaining in the quarter. The Lady Vols outscored Missouri 11-6 to close the half, down by eight, 34-26. And granted, watching that first half, I said, listen, we're asleep. If we wake up, we're fine. If we don't, we're in big trouble. 
Big trouble. Andy Landers and those guys at the at the studio last night on the broadcast, they were uh, pretty blunt. Pretty blunt. They they said, you know, if Tennessee drops this game, they're going to be in trouble. Be in real trouble. And that, that's hard to say when you've won 20 games. Now 21. Uh, but but nonetheless, Tennessee comes out uh, of the second of the locker room to start the second half. And freshman Tamari Key was the first to score in the second half, putting in a turnaround jumper that Burrell followed up with a baseline three to pull UT within three just over a minute into the contest, into the second half. A minute and a half later, Davis converted on an old-fashioned three-point play to score at 34 all. That's uh, that's when Tennessee really started to to chip away. Missouri built its lead back up to six off free throws and a Jordan Chavis layup before Burrell scored seven straight points to give UT its first lead of the game at 41 to 40. With 3:39 left in the third quarter, Burrell scored two more points on a running jumper, and Kushkitawa and Horston each added buckets to extend Tennessee's run to 13 and 0, and stretch that led to a 47-40 Big Orange lead. Jasmine Massengale beat the shot clock to score the final bucket of the quarter and put the score at 49-40 headed into the final stanza. Tennessee had had a great third quarter, and and for any Lady Vols fan that watches very much at all, what did you think was going to happen? I thought, let me just put this on me, not anybody else, I thought we would have a really bad fourth quarter because a lot of times when we blow one out, when we have a great quarter, We'll follow it up with a not-so-good quarter. But Davis hit a free throw at the start of the fourth quarter to stretch the lead and the run to a 16-0 run before Haley Frank posted a three-point play to cut the score to 43-50. Kushkitawa stretched the lead back to nine before the media timeout, but Shantz hit a three to cut the deficit to six with just under five left in the game. Horston and Davis combined for four straight points for UT to boost the lead back to ten. With 2:39 to go, Mizzou scrapped back between set back within seven off free throws, but Tennessee closed out the game on an 8-2 run to win, 64 to 51. I love the perseverance in the second half. They only had one turnover in the second half. We talk about it with the men. We talk about it with the women's. That's the dynamic that you have to have. You have to be able to not turn the basketball over. Second half, they were able to do that. Had one turnover early in the half. And that changed the complexity of this team. It changed the ability of them to get down and not be frantic. It turned them into a team that could methodically beat you and not have to worry about, well, we turned it over seven times. We better not do that again. Well, they just played free basketball, and it ended up winning them a basketball game pretty well. Now, Missouri's not your juggernaut that I think they're going to run into later in this tournament, or even tonight. The Kentucky Wildcats have beaten the Lady Vols this season Lady Vols have yet to get the victory over a Wildcat team as they just played the one time. But Tennessee has an opportunity. You play like you did in the first half, you get beat. You play like you did in the second half, you probably win the basketball game. I think there's there's a lot of speculation of the bubble and where Tennessee sits on that bubble. I don't buy into that into that narrative. I, I don't I don't take that stance. And what I, what I mean by that is it, it's not arrogance. Maybe it is. I, I don't know. Tennessee's going to be in that tournament because Tennessee needs to be in that tournament. Tennessee's won 21 basketball games. You lose to Kentucky tonight, and it's not just an epic failure 20-point loss. 
Tennessee deserves to be in there. Too much is, is this tournament about getting all the conferences in, about getting all the little the, – the, the, the people that need a chance – getting them in. And I, I don't disagree with that. I'm, I'm all about, you know, those smaller conferences having an opportunity to see if they're the best. But here's the thing. This isn't horseshoes or hand grenades. Handouts aren't welcome. Tennessee makes this tournament better just because they're Tennessee. And people are like, well, they haven't been Tennessee for a long time. But we're still Tennessee. The things still remain that, that that have been for a long time. When the Lady Vols show up, people want to watch it. Period. If it's a lady, if you're a ladies basketball fan, if that's your game that you're interested in, if you have an opportunity to see the Lady Vols, you will do it. Period. Period. I can't tell you how many games I go to, and I still find those people that's like, we'd never seen a Lady Vols game. We're not really a fan of either school, but we wanted to see the Lady Vols. That's a thing. That's a thing. I'm not going to name any school name because I don't want to don't want to make them feel like I'm talking down to them. But there's many schools that I, I would venture to say that their ladies program doesn't have a following that says, I'm not a fan. I just wanted to see them. I mean, that's that's rock star status. And Tennessee had earned that way back in the Pat Summit era and and, and has, has since waned a little bit, but to this point. It's we're still the Lady Vols. It's still Tennessee Lady Basketball, and the court is named after the coach of the ladies, not the coach of the men. So it means a lot in this neck of the woods, as as Al Roker would say. So I think it's it's a big deal for Tennessee to to come back and fight a little bit. I think that shows a little bit of 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 the locker room presence of Kelly Harper. I think that shows a little bit about Renaya Davis and how she's able to lead. I still think, and you know. The more games you watch, the more you find you don't like. And the thing is, is they all play a, a specific brand of basketball. They all play a, a, their their own way. But it's almost like I can tell you when Renata Davis is not supposed to get the ball. Because she goes over in the corner or up at, at the, about the, the right wing, and she just chills out. You got to fix that. You got to fix that if you want to move ahead. And, uh, and they've got to do that early and often. But I think Freddie Baseball is going to hit the phone lines just one more time as we're going to talk about the results of the regional tournament. Let's get him on the line. Hey, you're on the you're on the grind. Good morning. This is Fred Stroll. Hey, Freddie. Hey, we're talking a little Lady Vols for a moment. Did you get a chance to watch well, those ladies? No, I know, they, uh, I know they won last night and they play Kentucky tonight. That's the big deal. It's it's a. Have, do you watch them much? Do you watch them through the year? I I've seen them off and on. So they're um, they're maybe they're one of my my. Uh, they're one of the things that I love and hate to watch all at the same time. <laughs> because I I love watching them because it's a Tennessee program and I mean that's just the right. that's the niche that I have. But right. I tell you they'll they'll make you pull your hair out with the best of them. Well, yeah, especially the last <laughs> few years. Right. But I, and, I think uh, uh, I think the way they were able to get back yesterday, you know, they had probably arguably one of their worst first halves of the year, but probably had one of their better second halves and, and, and ended up showing you why they have a, an opportunity uh, to make a, a little bit of a run here in the tournament. Right. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, they're um, – 
they're obviously in a rebuilding mode. And um, Kelly Harper has come in, and uh, she's she's putting it together. And they have their, as you say, they've had their ups and downs, uh, frustrations, what have you. Um, it's a work in progress. And I didn't see the game. I, I know they won. I wasn't aware that they were uh, behind or anything, but it's it's uh, it's part of that process, I guess, of a young team that's trying to feel its way through. And I guess they were they were basically, you know, I guess we call it a play in game because Kentucky had a bye, correct? Well Kentucky had the double bye. See and the ladies, you know, the top six oh, okay. get a single bye. Oh, okay. And then the uh, oh, okay. and the top three get a double. But but here's the thing, and and I've said this all year because again, it is it's a complete rebuild. There's a there's there's cultural rebuilding that has to take place to fix what happened yes. in the last few years. Yeah. But yes, that's what I tell everybody. I'm like, you don't make a change if there's not a problem, and things don't just fix overnight. So I think Kelly Harper, she came on the show several weeks ago, and, and you know she talked about the length of this team, but she also talked about the youth of this team. And the thing is, is when all you have is is Renia Davis and 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 Lou Brown really being your leaders on the floor. Uh, Lou Brown didn't play for Tennessee until this season. She's a grad transfer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that mm-hmm. impact is, is limited. And then Renai Davis is a scorer, but, I mean, a vocal leader, I, I think she's still growing into that role. So, I like what the Lady Vols had in the second half last night. Only had one turnover in the whole second half. I think that's monumental in what's been going on with them for the last few weeks. But uh, I wish them the best of luck tonight against the Wildcats. And I, I think they've got a really good shot of, of getting the Cats. Yeah, I think uh, I was looking at the uh, scores this morning. I think they lost by what was it four? Yeah, and they were and charging they at the, the end. regular season. Yeah, and they were charging at the tail end of that game. If they'd have had two more minutes, they win that basketball game. Kentucky right, had uh, right. Kentucky had kind of run out of uh, of, of gas, and and their uh, their their elite scorer Ryan Howard, not the one that that played major league baseball, but uh, the, right. <laughs> Ryan Howard for for the Kentucky ladies is a dynamic player. I mean, she had her coming out party against Tennessee and has continued to play that way uh, in SEC play. But um, I think you called in maybe to talk a little bit of other basketball, though, right? Well, the uh, <laughs> yeah, the high school game last night at uh, Marvel. Well, I, I'll and, tell you, uh, I'll tell you, it was a it was a matchup. I thought there was a there was a physical presence on both ends of the floor that uh, that made you want to keep watching. Well, first of all, I was not surprised by the outcome uh, and, and how it went. I didn't say that yesterday because, uh, as I told you, I've got friends and acquaintances in both communities, and I've worked for newspapers in both communities. I was covering the game for the Oak Ridge last night. I didn't want to get into predictions. But uh, one of the things that, and I may have said this yesterday, I know I told a few people that if Maribel got off to a fast start, then they were set. And as I was telling um, somebody last night, I felt this game was decided in the first two minutes. Yeah. Maribel gets up to that ten to nothing or nine to nothing advantage, and Oak Ridge never really was able to to get back into it. I mean, they made a couple runs there. Uh, I think in the third quarter when Oak Ridge turned the ball over three times and um, Maribel scored 
each time. I mean, the lead got up to 20 at that point. I guess the final score was, was difference was 13, but of course, substitutes were playing the last uh, two, three minutes. But, uh, and the difference too is Marvel has been playing very well. And Oak Ridge, on the other hand, has been winning, but they've been struggling to win. And, um, I mean, they really haven't had a, a strong overall game now here in probably a couple of weeks, ever since the, the tournament started. Um, yeah, and, so, um, and you could tell a little bit by Oak Ridge that, that as the, the competition went up, their scoring went down. Uh, you know, they scored 70 against William Blunt. They scored 56 against Bearden and then 48 against mm-hmm. the Red Rebels. So I, I think that well, was where they got shook a little bit. But I, I told my wife last night, you know, her and I were able to come to the game um, last night, and, and I said, well, uh, you know, you had two options. You could do the Floyd Mayweather beginning or you could do the Mike Tyson, and I think uh, Maryville did the Mike Tyson. They just came out and started right. swinging. Well, one of the things I noticed before the game, I was watching the warm-ups, and then Maryville was, um, was very uh, uh, excited, ready to go. O- Oak Ridge came out. Tentative, but actually, I got to the gym early. I got there like probably an hour and fifteen minutes before tip off, just as the Oak Ridge team was coming in. And uh, you, you could tell they just kind of had their eyes wide open. They were a little tight. Here, here we are, and you could tell during the warmups that they were tight. And obviously, there in the beginning, when Marvel goes on that run, I mean that that. That uh, that said it all, and uh, the, the one thing that, that Aaron Green said, uh, the coach at, Merrill, uh, at Oak Ridge, said last night after the game was that well, well, we have another opportunity on um, on uh, Monday. Of course, they're going to go up to uh, Science Hill, the team that obviously is very good, and um, uh, see if we can can't you know finally get it right. And uh, actually, um, it's um, Science Hill almost lost to uh, Clinton back in January. Oh wow! And Chris Lockard, Chris Lockard, who's the coach of Clinton, was there last night. He said, "If if Oak Ridge is able to play the way the way they are capable of playing, they actually have a chance to win that game." Because um, Science Hill is good, but they haven't had a whole lot of blowouts this year. Because they're playing at their place. Yeah, I'll but t- uh, on the up. I was going to say, telling, looking at Science Hill a little bit, uh, looks like their prowess is defense. They've not scored a ton. Again, kind of like Oak Ridge, you know, 66 against their first-round opponent, 58 against South Doyle, and then 57 uh, last night against DB. But what they've been able to do is shut everybody down. Jefferson County held them to 43 points, South Doyle to 32 points, and then DB last night held them to 40. Yeah. Well, speaking of DB, which is uh, Marvel's next opponent, which you're primarily interested in, uh, I noticed this morning, and Mark Helders was telling me last night, Marvel beat DB back in November in that uh, Greenville Hall of Fame game, 73-58, to and that was without football players. Yeah. And so I certainly would, uh, well, I'd give the Rebels the advantage Monday. Uh, regardless of that score, uh, I think Marvel should win. And I don't know how they 
they do the draw in the state tournament in, in uh, Murfreesboro now, but, but um, Maryville could hang around there a while down there. Of course, you're playing schools from the Nashville area and Memphis area, and that's that's another issue. But uh, if, if I I'm think, not, I think Maryville can hold their own. If I'm not mistaken, they go down and literally draw uh, the week of. Yeah, I mean, that's it's different kinda... from the way it used to be. They they used to have. Um, a set draw, and um, I'm not sure when they changed that. And I'm not sure who else is is uh, still involved. But uh, one way or the other, I think, uh, assuming Marvel beats Dobbins Bennett Monday, I think Marvel will equate itself well. You, you know what's what's me. funny, Fred? Uh, the coach for DB, Chris Poor. Are you are you familiar with Chris? Uh, well, the name's familiar, but I can't, I can't place him. Keep, keep talking. So Chris Poor was a, he was a great player at Greenville, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, and he was the head basketball coach at Jefferson County High School about five years ago. Oh, uh, okay. when, I, know, when, I, know, I know you're talking about when okay. I was doing when I was doing Jefferson County. So I know Chris pretty well and he's, he's a heck of a basketball coach. He's, he's a no nonsense kind of coach. Uh, but he's he he has since moved on to DB, uh, and mm-hmm. so it'll be it'll be kind of interesting, uh, kind of bringing this full circle, seeing Chris again. And I know he's going to have the guys ready to play because if anything he could do is he could he could keep the moment not too big uh, for his players, and he could kind of zero those guys in. So I think it's going to be a good matchup. I think being at Maryville definitely gives Maryville the advantage. But I, I also oh, yeah. think I also think last night, if you really look at it, I don't know the stat sheet. You would you would be more inclined for this, but I didn't think Joe Anderson had a phenomenal night. I thought he distributed well, but I thought they did a good job of shutting him down. But it was all about well, fourteen. There more, yeah, there was more balanced scoring, and um, I think um, as Eldridge told me. Um, that that seemed to be working early for them. They were able to pass the ball around and get in the basket, and so they they kind of went with that with what was working for them. Obviously, against Clinton the other night, Anderson got on the roll, and, and uh, but but last night they just everyone just seemed to be uh, clicking on all cylinders, and so I think that's that's uh, that's how that happened. And actually, Oak Ridge had. Uh, had uh, balanced scoring too. Their leading scorer only had like ten points. I thought I thought Oak Ridge was able in the middle portion of that game, even though the score never really got close. They were able to match physicality in that middle portion of the game. It was just early on, Maryville had swung heavy and 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 contacted on a few of those hits, and then and then quite frankly, they they were sold out to shut down Joe Anderson. And they left Josh right. Seilers, number fourteen. They left him wide open, and he was lacing it. Right, right, right. Well, the other thing too now, um, Oak Ridge um, had had a tough game against uh, Bearden in the semifinals. I mean, I mean, Bearden could have won that game at the end if they had made a couple of shots there. And so, number one, I think Oak Ridge was tired after that game. And then the other thing, too, going back to this intimidation factor, uh, generally after the first game of a doubleheader or semifinals, uh, the team that's made it to the finals, they, they may hang around for a while and then they go home and get ready for the championship game. 
The other night, um, a number of the Oak Ridge players and Coach Aaron Green actually stayed for a good part of the uh, of the second game, the Maribel Clinton game, and um, they saw how uh, Maribel was was running away with it. I think that's sort of when the intimidation factor got started. Maybe maybe if they'd left after that first game and not seen what happened, maybe they would have been in a better frame of mind coming into um, Thursday. But so they saw what they they saw and so they said, gee, we've got to play these guys. And what are we going to do? I mean, that, that, that may have been a holdover factor. Too. Yeah. What, uh, what my father-in-law, he uses the phrase analyzing is paralyzing. And sometimes I think, right. uh, you know, that teams do that and, and kids think too much. And then, you know, you look down there and A.J. Davis's athleticism, Ashton Maples' athleticism, I mean, there's a lot to be compensated for there uh, when you go up against those guys. And I think if you overthink it, you're already a step or two behind. Yeah, and there's more to Maryville than just Anderson. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, they're a very good team, and, and they – they, they showed that, if anything, they played a better team game last night than they did when they played Clinton. I tell you, and 20. That's why I say if they can keep this running, I mean, they, they might be able to go places down there in Murfreesboro. I hear you. And here's the unsung player, in my opinion, because if he gets hot, if, if they start, you know, going to the perimeter on defense, he's a, he's a man that can make it happen. Number 21, Brown. I mean, he's he's as dynamic as he can be, and he's not even asked to be to be real good right now. But uh, but well, what what my it ended up being like a family affair for me at Maryville High School last night. I brought everybody, I brought my two little boys, brought my wife, brought my father in law, and and here's a statement that I think kind of coins with what you said as far as Maryville if they can keep it up, have an opportunity to go places. He said because my father in law was a was a high school teacher for 38 years. He saw a lot of high school basketball, and he <laughs> said the difference with Maryville is is what they do. They're on purpose. They don't get flustered. They just play basketball. And and he said, and this was a good point to make because they have so many football players on their on their basketball team. He says, these kids are used to pressure. These kids are used to playing yes. in big games. And that's something you can't necessarily teach on a practice floor. Right. And I thought that's right. a dynamic. And that is also reflective of their coach who, uh, when he was at Anderson County back in the early 2000s, um, had that same attitude. And he he, he had some uh, some football players on, on those teams, including um, Mark Price, who was Mr. Football back in 2001 or 2002. He's the coach up at Campbell County now. And, uh, of course, they, they weren't, at that point, playing under the pressure of, like, look, Football pressure that, that Marvel has, but uh, they knew how to how to play for the moment, and they played well as a team, and everybody contributed, and everybody practiced hard, and they had a lot of success in the in the tournaments. They used to be real big on making threes. I'm not sure how it settles down now, but back in those days, Anderson County had more threes than they had twos. Oh wow! And that's just the way they. Uh, just the way they played, they had a lot of success with it. Well, I'll tell you, um, I'm excited, and, and you know, watching Coach Eldridge from afar, I, I just I love the way he ne- the motor never turns off. You know, he's he's a guy that when they were up by 20, and he saw something he didn't like, he he yanked somebody out and put somebody else in. I mean, there's no 
there's no we've got this mentality with that with that coaching staff with that that group of players and and I think that's why they're successful right now. Wayne he loves to coach basketball. And he has a passion for it. Let me tell you a story. I probably shouldn't tell us because his wife, Karen, who's a friend of mine, works over at Maryville College, would kill me. <laughs> but they got married about 20, 21 years ago. And he was actually coaching up at uh, Oneida at the time. And uh, they got married on a Saturday afternoon in December. He coached a game on Friday night before <laughs> his wedding. And she told me uh, they kind of had a Friday night's always the night for the rehearsal dinner and stuff like that. They kind of had a schedule the rehearsal dinner and all that stuff around the Friday night basketball game. <laughs> That's <laughs> so he's, funny. He's coaching a game the night before he gets married, gets married on Saturday. I mean, that shows his passion. <laughs> And they've been happily married. Don't get me wrong. They have you know some nice kids and everything. But right. but I mean he, uh, uh, he 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 sticks with it and he loves to talk basketball. I I, I really didn't watch it. Notice last night because I was doing other things before the game. But one of the things I always noticed about Mark back when he was at Anderson County is always before the game during the warmups he'd always go over and sit on the bench with the other coach. And it was more than just trying to, to uh, get into his head. I think he he genuinely likes the, the guys he coaches against. They have a, a great fraternity. I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not. Mark's um, very, very good at, at promoting that. But uh, he's interested in learning things about the other team, about the coaches and everything. Uh, very similar to... Um, he has a lot of similar qualities in that regard to what Jim Campbell had years ago at Maryville. I mean, Jim was friends with everybody, and and uh, and and Mark's the same way. You, you don't you don't hear any coaches around here have anything bad to say about Mark Eldridge. No, and, and, and I tell just, you, he's he a... just he just loves basketball and sells basketball and eats drinks and breathes it. And I just, I just, as I've said, Marvel is just so lucky to have had him. Oh yeah, and and he's a, and he's a worker. He's a worker. I remember uh, I went to the Alcoa game. We called it on on WGAP over here, and uh, you know I'm just going in, and it's probably an hour or so before the game. It's just when the players are starting to show up, and I guess they dropped them off at the door, and he rode with the bus and was kind of walking back, and he gets ahead of me. No big deal. And all of a sudden, I'm kind of, you know, trying to gather my thoughts. I look up, and he's holding the door. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, man, this guy's got it together. Got the, the full package. But, man, I'm excited yeah. for what Monday night looks like. DB coming to town, getting to host a sectional game is huge. That's a Last night was the first regional championship for Maryville since 14-15, and hopefully it parlays itself into a trip to Murfreesboro. Uh, Fred, it was nice meeting you last night. Got to Got to fulfill that. And uh, hopefully we'll be doing yep. some a lot more talking here in the future. Yeah, and I was glad to meet your son, and, and congratulations for bringing him along. I, I used to bring my son to ball games back when he was that age, and he's uh, he's nineteen and a half now. But uh, that's good to get your son interested. And that was a good that was a good crowd down there last night. Oh yeah, he was uh, he was uh, right I mean, there at the at- student section. Good atmosphere, and uh, hope I won't be there. Monday, but good luck to y'all. But I think if you have another big crowd, I think I think that's uh, 
Marvel looks in good shape. I, I think. But I, Wayne, thank you again for for having me. I've enjoyed uh, uh, talking to you the last couple of days, and I'll I'll be talking to you down the line. And yeah, you say hello to Robert also. Okay, we'll do. Let's get some baseball going here in a couple of weeks. Okay, sounds good. All right, see you, Fred. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You Bye. too. Bye. And again, that's Freddie Baseball talking Freddie basketball. Uh, we talk a little bit with him the last couple of days as he's covered for the Oak Ridger, and he got to see those Maryville Rebels take down the Wildcats. But, uh, again, thanks to Fred for calling in, but let's get to a nice break. Listen to these fine sponsors. If you like what you're hearing, you should get on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or SoundCloud and like us, The Grind on Sports, or if it's on Facebook, The Grind underscore WKVL, or check us out, our website, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Tired of your current job? Looking for a career change? Take the first step by attending the Blunt County Job Fair on March 24th from 1 to 5 p.m. at the Foothills Mall in Maryville. Sponsored by Blackberry Farm, Pellissippi State Community College, Clayton Homes, and the City of Maryville, more than 40 employers will be on hand with jobs available in hospitality, medical services, telecommunications, construction, internet technology, and much more. So find your next career at the Blunt County Job Fair on March 24th at Foothills Mall. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, 
thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and, of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. To celebrate 100 years of outstanding economic progress in the Blount County community, the Blunt Chamber is pulling out all the stops by bringing in America's number one corporate and private party band, Party on the Moon, to the new event venue at the Airport Hilton on Saturday, March 7th for their anniversary celebration concert and dinner. The anniversary celebration kicks off from 6 to 7 with a lively cocktail hour of music and interactive displays, followed by an outstanding buffet and three hours of non-stop performance by Party on the Moon, the 13-member band. No stuffy speeches, this live band has something for everyone. General admission tickets to the event are $100 each and can be purchased by calling 865-983-2241 or online at bluntchamber.com. The Hilton is offering discounted hotel room rates of $99 for members wishing to stay overnight, group rates of $500 for six admission tickets, and $1,000 table rates for 10 tickets. For detailed information, visit bluntchamber.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the Property Squad Studios at WKVL and Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Friday edition of The Grind. As we stay with Tennessee, Tennessee basketball has the finale of the regular season tonight, or, or actually this weekend, against the number 17th-ranked Auburn Tigers, a, a matchup that is a, a, re- a comeback from an earlier season matchup where the Vols dropped the matchup to to the Auburn Tigers and, and really one that you'd like to have back if you're a Tennessee fan you'd love to have that back because Tennessee let that one get away but but in the history of the rivalry you look at it the Auburn Tigers have come out 24 and six on the season and that looks really good looks real good but here's something that doesn't look good they've lost four of their last six and not to mention that they're on a two game losing streak they've lost to A&M and Kentucky in back-to-back games uh, dating back to Saturday they will be one week uh, more than one week removed from their last victory when they come to Knoxville and Tennessee with a chip on their shoulder after a big-time victory over the Wildcats in Lexington on Tuesday as a fan you've kind of rode that victory uh, for a few days and I'll be honest with you I'm riding it again today the legend that is what we done just the other night up in Rupp, it's going to live for a minute. And, and even it, no matter what happens Saturday, it's going to live for a long time. Uh, I still say that that what happened in Rupp is one of those performances we're going to remember. You know, it's it's kind of like, you know, a few of those Florida matchups back when they won national championships and back in, in, in 2012 when Kentucky won theirs and we still were able to get, get a victory there. It all it all coins back to what we talked about, Tennessee being a team that, that needs to get it together at the end and make a late-season push. They're young. 
they're undersized in some categories, but what they have is a ton of talent. So as this season has progressed and ended, Tennessee's in a spot to end on a really high note, uh, end on a pretty good win streak, and then also put themselves in a position to have some room to make noise in the SEC tournament and what I thought was put to bed a couple weeks ago, an opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament. The, the, the schedule looks like this. Tennessee's got Auburn on Saturday, and quite frankly, past noon on Saturday, Tennessee doesn't need to think. It's all about Saturday. It's all about winning against Auburn because if you beat Auburn, you finish the regular season on a three-game win streak over Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn. Two of those teams ranked, and all three of them looking to be NCAA tournament teams. So that that is a resume booster in the utmost. You look back just just near a month ago, or actually about two weeks ago, Tennessee played Auburn. At that point, they were number 13 in the country, and it was a noon game, and it was in Auburn. So a little that's the flip script there. It's in Knoxville Saturday. Tennessee loses 73-66 to as Auburn storms back after Tennessee mounts a really big lead at their place. It's the same M.O. Auburn's had their whole season. You look at their overall record, and Auburn's not a great road team. Uh, again, with 24-6, and six, they, they have a winning record on the road. But if you look at it, they're 4-5 and five away from Auburn. They've only lost one game at home, and that came just the other night. So we're in a good spot. You just got to play through it. You got to understand that dynamic and push the issue. If Auburn comes in and plays hot, you got to weather the storm like you did the other night and then storm back in the second half and get the victory. If Auburn comes out flat, you put them under the gym and keep your foot on the gas. That's how you beat this team because they're going to come back. They're going to make a run. Bruce Pearl's not going to come back into TBA and have his guys not not play hard. He'll sweat, he'll sweat two people worth off into that jacket before that happens. And if you've ever seen Bruce Pearl coach, you know what I'm talking about. But here's the deal. 24-6 and six Auburn, ranked team coming into TBA, take care of business, and it puts you in a good spot going into the tournament. Tennessee's not going to be a high-ranked team in the tournament, so they're going to see good teams early in the match. But, but, you give a chance. And, and, you know, like I've said before, I said it after after we beat Kentucky on Tuesday night, I said it Wednesday morning. I just want to be a team that nobody wants to play. And I think if we if we finish the deal and get this victory over Auburn on Saturday, we go into the SEC tournament with that very mantra following us. Man, I can't believe we drew Tennessee. Man, that... That's terrible. Did you see what John Fulkerson did to Richards Tuesday night? Did you see how he handled Auburn on Saturday? I hope that's the discussion that's being had in Nashville here in a couple weeks. Or here in a couple days, I guess, next week. But also, Tennessee's got to temper temper the emotion. After winning at Kentucky, you, you have an opportunity. And, and a young team maybe has this more of an opportunity than most. You have an opportunity to really uh, question or really uh, have a letdown. We just beat Kentucky, so yeah, we can beat Auburn. They've lost four out of their last six. Yeah, but two of those wins in that last six is you. 
You got to remember that. You got to stay humble. And I think I don't think that the the I don't think the the ignition switch works that way for John Fulkerson. I think if there is a basketball out there, he's going to play hard for it. But it's the rest of them that I need to stay up. I need Josiah Jordan James, and everybody's like, "Why do you need?" You ever watch the basketball game with me? <laughs> if not, you 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 need to, and you will fully understand why I need them to play well. Because it's it's an, an emotional experience for me. But we need Josiah James. We as Involve Nation need Josiah James to stay engaged. We need Santiago Vescovi to continue to be a hard player but low turnovers. We need Jordan Bowden to step up and want the basketball and score in double figures the way he has the last several weeks. We need it all. There's no – at this point in the season, it's March Madness for a reason. We need crazy amounts of effort. We need crazy amounts of putting it out there, and we need the cup to be empty on Saturday afternoon about 2.30 p.m. Because hopefully it means we've just beat Auburn and put ourselves in a nice position. That's what's at, that's what's at stake. A, a, an opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament, I, I don't know that that's out there. I think there's a lot of work to be done to get there. But I do know if you beat Auburn, your chances go up. And that's where Tennessee needs to stay. If, if we're worried about getting in the NCAA, we'll get beat Saturday. Point blank. But if we, if we walk into Thompson Bowling Arena at however early the players get there and they say, you know what, we're going to beat Auburn. And that's, that's where their conversation stops. We're going to beat Auburn. And then we're going to beat the next team you put in front of us. And then we're going to beat the next team we put in front of us. And if you keep that mindset, you'll be in the NCAA tournament. Or, or worse, you won't. You go to the NIT and you keep that same mindset. Play basketball. You're only given so many 40-minute opportunities, and Saturday's the last one of the regular season and and the second-to-last guaranteed opportunity of the season. It's crazy to think that way because it really is. It seems like this season just got started, and I think football going a little longer kind of helped bridge the gap a little bit, but it just seems like just, just – I don't know. Just just a few weeks ago, we were we were starting this thing up and and thinking about what could be and getting Euros in the in the lineup or getting Santiago to play, and now it's almost over. The regular season will finish on Saturday at noon against Auburn. Uh, Bruce Pearl comes back to Knoxville for yet another matchup. He's had some late success. Auburn has four straight victories over the Volunteers. Two a year ago that really dismantled what was one of the greater seasons in Tennessee basketball history, and then an earlier season come from behind shocker uh, at their home place uh, against Tennessee just earlier this year. But tonight, Saturday night, it's all about the Vols. It's about Tennessee playing the way they can play, the way they should play, and the way they have been playing for the last two games, defeating Florida and Kentucky, Kentucky and Lexington. A lot of great things to be had, but more to be gotten as Auburn comes to town, noon tip, and the game will, of course, be played, I believe, on the SEC Network. And uh, you can also – there's still tickets available. I was uh, trying to find Boone some tickets uh, the other day. It's actually going to be on ESPN2 uh, is where it will be, a noon start time, uh, and uh, there's still tickets available. So get in there, pack TBA, and show Bruce what he left behind and, and let his Auburn Tigers know about it. But uh, we're going to take our last break of the day, listen to our fine sponsors. When we come back, a, a quick Friday edition will finish 
with XFL discussion. What week five looks like for the league and what the rankings look like going in to the week. We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Maintaining the health of your diesel equipment can extend the life of your engines. At Rule King, maintaining your engines with T4 Shell Rotella diesel oil can extend the life of your wallet. While supplies last, a five-gallon container of Rotella T4 motor oil is just $33.99 after rebate. Two and a half gallons, just $16.99 after rebate. Limit four per household. In a rush, buy online at RuleKing.com and we'll have it ready for you to pick up at your local Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. The Alcoa Kiwanis Antique Appraisal Fair is coming up Saturday, March 14, 2020 from 10 to 2.30 at the Maryville First Baptist Church Family Life Center, 202 West Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville. And all proceeds support the Alcoa Kiwanis Projects. The appraisers are caseantiques.com. So bring your coins, gold, books and documents, guns and military items. Appraisals for individual items are $5 each. General opinions for large collections, $15. And chili lunches will be available. It's the Alcoa Kiwanis Antique Appraisal Fair, Saturday, March 14th, at the Maryville First Baptist Church Family Life Center at 202 West Labar Alexander Parkway in Maryville. For more information, contact David Dugan at 865-984-6551. We'll see you there. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and, of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. The Great Smoky Mountains Food Truck Festival is coming to Little Arrow Outdoor Resort in Townsend on March 28th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Enjoy a fun-filled day by the river with nearly 40 food trucks from the East Tennessee region. 
An event for all ages, parking, shuttle service, and swag pack are included with your ticket. Bring your own refillable water bottle to minimize the environmental impact. Tickets are only $5 and may be purchased on Facebook at Great Smoky Mountains Food Truck Festival. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Friday edition of The Grind. As we grind it out here to finish the week, we're going to talk a little XFL as we enter week five of the XFL season. First four weeks have went by very quickly, and week five marks the halfway point of this inaugural, second inaugural season of the XFL, a reboot that brings the XFL back to spring football week five looks like this saturday march the 7th 2 p.m start time right as the tennessee game will be getting to a close seattle dragons and the houston roughnecks match up in houston on abc again 2 p.m kickoff for the roughnecks hosting the seattle dragons that's one of those the the, the roughnecks are the odds on favorite right now in the league as as they're the only undefeated team seattle has kind of gained a little momentum here the last last week or so, uh, battling a little bit more uh, than they have been in the in the recent past, but still uh, they're they're only a one win team with a struggling record and struggling to get above uh, 19, 20 points, uh, and that's what's causing them some problems. But they will head to Houston, look to shock the world as P.J. Walker and the group that is the Houston Roughnecks try to hold down the home front. Saturday's night game will be 5 p.m. start. It'll be on Fox, and it'll be the New York Guardians at the Dallas Renegades. Uh, the Renegades come off that loss, that close loss. Probably if there was a little more time, could have been a more interesting matchup. The Renegades lose to Houston last week and then host the Guardians with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Still a lot to be played for if you're the Renegades. Still a lot to be played for if you're anybody. But the Guardians coming off a uh, a loss or a win, a close win against L.A. last week but trying to get back on their winning ways. I think both of these teams sit at 2-2, two and two, and they will look to better that record uh, there on that one. I'm going to pick Houston in the first matchup, and I'm going to go I'm going to go Renegades uh, here on the next one. Landry Jones got hurt last week, but I thought Nelson came in and did some nice things. So uh, I think a week of practice will do that well, and uh, I'm going to go with the Renegades at home. So both home teams on Saturday. Let's see if I keep up my, uh, my end of the deal. Uh, on Sunday, the 3 p.m. game uh, on FS1 will be the St. Louis Battlehawks and the D.C. Defenders. St. Louis and Jordan Tamu have been on fire, on fire as of late, and the D.C. Defenders haven't been defending much of anything lately. Got shut out by the Tampa Bay Vipers and then got blown out by the L.A. Wildcats, arguably two of the early struggle struggling franchises in the XFL. So I'm going to go with the St. Louis Battlehawks, the road team on a Sunday. I know that shocks people. Uh, St. Louis Battlehawks, Jordan Tamu to knock off the DC defenders in Washington. 
as uh, as they they're going to hold the fort down. I think DC will score. I don't think they're going to be shut out the way they were last week, but I think it's going to be a it's going to be a hard sell for those Battle Hawks to cool off. They've been playing a lot of really good football, and here's probably the toughest pick of the week. Tampa Bay Vipers. This is the Sunday night game, 9 p.m. start time. Tampa Bay Vipers head to the L.A. Wildcats. The most travel of the weekend uh, by far uh, as uh, as Tampa Bay has to go all the way to the West Coast. But uh, both these franchises are rough. Tampa Bay gets their first victory last week over D.C. And in L.A., they've been, they're, they're like your best friend. They'll play you real close, but they normally let you win. Uh, Tampa Bay... Uh, like I said, coming off of a high horse big win last week. But I got to go with the homestanding L.A. Wildcats. I think they play good enough to beat this Vipers team. They're, they usually let other people squeak in and get the victory. But I think against these Vipers, uh, they're not going to they're not gonna snap the way other people's do at them. So L.A. Wildcats, a little broke the streak there, went with the home team on a Sunday. I don't think it's been – I've done that in a couple weeks. So I'm going with the Roughnecks, Renegades, Battlehawks, and Wildcats to get the victories. Again, two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. It's a dynamic league that's worth a watch. If I had to recommend a game to watch, honestly, always watch the Roughnecks if you can because P.J. Walker is just that fun to watch. And then that receiver that he has is dynamic as can be. But that Battlehawks defenders game – may be the game of the week, in my opinion. I think Jordan Tamu is going to do a lot of good things, but I don't think you're going to be able to keep Cardell Jones down this long. D.C., I think, has an answer, uh, but I think St. Louis gets the victory. We'll see if that shakes out the way I think. But, you know, right here at the end of the show, I want to kind of give a a little shout-out, 42SD, 42nd Street Marketing. Uh, They're right here in Maryville. I want to give them a shout-out as they have helped me break down my brand and rebuild it again. As the grind has grown since 2018, and it will grow again in the month of March here, 2020. As 42SD.com is where you can go to see what their work is, how they've worked for other people, and how they can work for you. But also call them, give them a call. Miss Jan will answer the phone, 865-382-7007. Mike and staff do a great job developing marketing strategies as well as making you look professional so you can be professional and then build your professional business. So I'm excited about being able to work with them. And again, the grindonsports.com is under construction and we'll come out soon with some hopping new, uh, new advertisements. So again, check them out online, 42SD.com and 865-382-7007 is the way you can catch them on the phone line. But if you like what you've heard but didn't get to hear it all, Check us out on social media, Facebook, it's the grind underscore WKVL, or Twitter, Instagram, or SoundCloud, it is the grind on sports. Do the search, hit the like button, and get all the shows right there at your leisure. And if you're a podcaster, if that's the thing you like to do, we're on Apple Podcasts, search the grind on sports, or we're on Google Play Music, search the grind on sports. Every show is on those two outlets. Check it out, get push notifications, and then grind whenever you feel the need or the necessity. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, have a great weekend. Tennessee baseball's on the docket at home. Tennessee basketball at home. Lady Vols in the SEC tournament. A lot of stuff to watch, a lot of, sp- lot of stuff to love. Get out there and grind this weekend. Take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.